Welcome to Australian Hunger. This is another bonus episode following up on our download preview. Uh, download is gone, finished, happened, we were there. Um, so this is our download review show. I am, of course, joined again by Ellen. Hello. Ellen Rosie, who writes for Beat, does uh, radio on Sin, uh, the Mosh Pit show. Um, and yeah, Ellen, how are we doing? I am doing so good. Thank you, Ben, for having me again. How are you doing? Yeah, I'm doing pretty good. So, download was a week ago. We were recording That's on a Sunday. Right. Download was on the Monday. So, Ellen, why don't you give me a rundown of your day? So, I rocked up at around like 1.15 and I had a media pass. So, I went straight to like the desk to collect my pass and then there was like a guest line. So, I didn't have to stand in the general line, which actually wasn't really that long, which was okay. But I went into the guest line, which I got to walk like straight in, which was really good. And then I actually met you. I mean, like, first I went into, like, the slave's tent and because um, one of my other friends was in the slave's tent. Yeah, the avalanche stage. Yeah, the avalanche Not stage. The tent. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that sounded a bit weird. I mean, like, the avalanche stage, which was in a tent where the band Slaves was performing. That was the end of their set. I actually wanted to see them, but, um, yeah, I didn't end up staying for them. I ended up finding you instead. And then, so I found you and then had my picture taken with the download dog inside the dog's mouth. However, you didn't get like the eyes of the dog. You only got like the, um, the mouth, but that's, it's. I, I don't know. As I put all, on all my Instagrams, podcasts are not photographers. So <laughs> you took that risk when you gave me the camera. That's true. That's true. And then after Slaves, I saw Fever 333. They were really good. They were one of my favorites for the day. They were like full of energy. Um, Like the lead singer went through the crowd, climbed up on a set piece up the back of the stage and he didn't have a cordless mic. So the microphone literally went over the top of the crowd all the way up to the back of the room, which was quite intense. And then there was like during that set, there was like a girl in a wheelchair who a few men like lifted up. Mm. And she was, like, cheering and stuff, and everyone was, like, cheering for her and everything. Mm. And then um, at the end, the lead guitarist climbed up the side of the stage, so they were really big on climbing stage pieces, Um, climbed up the top of the stage and played his guitar solo up on the top of the stage. And then at the end, he dropped his guitar down, it, like, banged on the ground, and everyone cheered. (laughs) So it was quite a big ending. Um, And then I saw Friends Will Rum, and they were pretty good. They were – actually, no, then I saw Converge. Sorry. Converge, I didn't really get into that much. Like, I I enjoyed the music, but I wouldn't, just wouldn't say it was my favorite. They were okay. Um, then I saw Friends of Rom, and I really enjoyed them. They're like classic Melbourne punk rock. They're the, I don't think they are classic Melbourne punk rock. They're fucking weirdos. They're from Melbourne. They're punk, classic punk rock from Melbourne. I, they're not classic, though. They're like doing weirdo avant-garde stuff as well like screaming as well yeah well weird weird sort of song changes i don't know i thought that they were classic and i thought that they were good i enjoyed them they were funny as well then they put polaris pennywise and alice in chains on at the same time yeah before we before we get to the sort of end of the show okay i want to run through mine okay because we both saw alice in chains yeah and then we split we went separate ways after that yeah so i'll go through mine then we'll come back and discuss alice in chains um so i got there straight up to support some of the australian sort of heavier i know more traditional traditionally heavier although i don't know 
I called Voyager traditionally heavy. I don't, I don't know that's true, but like they sort of fit more neatly into the metal category, but, you know, mm. whatever. So Voyager was really cool. It was really good seeing them on a massive stage because that's basically never going to happen with a band like that just because they're slightly too niche. Yeah, they're on one of the main stages. Yeah, they're on Red Stage, first band yeah. on Red Stage. And, yeah, it was really good to see the whole kind of community get out there early for a band which, you know, is a little little bit more different, a proggier band. So that, that was really fun, you know. Obviously, at that sort of time of the day, you don't get that much crowd involvement. But like, yeah. it's just good to have everyone there sort of cheering, getting into it. That's good. Know, feeling it a little bit chill. Um, then I saw Ruins actually sort of split the difference because there was a 10-minute overlap. So I thought I'd split the difference in five minutes of uh, the the overlap with Voyager, five minutes with Ruins. Ruins, really cool. Um, you know, it's sort of black metal band with kind of rockier elements thrown in for, into it. Really, really cool band. Um, Dave Haley from Tasmania, known for Psychoptic as a drummer. Um, really, really enjoyable band to see. I've actually interviewed them before. So, really, really great band. And I Because yeah, they're basically a two-piece, so it's really cool yeah. to see them, uh, I think, expand out for a, for a live show. And then after that, um, Behemoth. Behemoth, really fun. Um, really cool show. That I heard they were really good. Yeah, multiple costume changes, which is nice. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah, yeah. So uh, they came out and they played, I think it was an instrumental song, maybe. No, no, it was a, it was a proper song. And they were wearing masks. And then they got rid of the masks. And then uh, Nagar, the lead singer, and... Uh, rhythm guitarist I think he is mm. um, he sort of changed his hat a few times oh really didn't they have fire in their set as yeah well? they did have fire and they also sort of put some blood in themselves as well which is cool a um, bit of a more representing kind of the extreme um, side of the, uh, of metal on the day mm. which you know was, was really good, good to see um, but yeah it's, it's funny I don't I don't know if a band like that translates as well as it does to playing a show like at ten o'clock at night in a, a dark room, I think like Max Watts or something. Yeah, like Max Watts. Uh, uh, what is it? Corner Billboard. Hotel. Yeah, Corner Hotel. Any basically place which is you know a little bit dark. Um, it's got an enclosed space. I think they they translate really well to those kind of spaces because there's a bit more an atmosphere. The sound kind of bounces around a bit more and it's just like... That's why they always have them at those venues. Yeah, exactly. And they're really, really cool, really enjoyable to see them play, you know, I'll Fire in the Void, um, Blow Your Trumpets, Gabriel, you know, those classic songs. But, um, yeah, I felt like, especially with a band like that, it's missing a bit. I, I think, actually, it's probably kind of missing in a lot of bands, except for maybe some of the more sort of stadium kind of bands like an Alice in Chains. Mm. Um, oh, I was, was going to say, let's, let's get to Alice in Chains, but I forgot. I also, um, for a moment, was at Anthrax, and I got really bored. <laughs> like I don't know whether it's... I think it might be... Um, I think it's Joey Belladonna. His vocals just bore the shit out of me because they're like halfway between a thrash vocalist and like a heavy metal vocalist. That doesn't do either well, particularly well. You knew that going in and you said you had some re- re- reservations about going and seeing them anyway. Yeah, totally. But I, I just, yeah, just, like, I don't mind it that much on the music. I'm not a big fan, fan of Anthrax. But yeah, it just didn't feel like it translated well. But um, you wouldn't have seen it because I don't think you were watching Anthrax. No. But he had one of those mics where it's got the mic and then it's got like a stick. It's not a stand, it's like a stick. So it oh. can sort of hold the mic up at the, the mic and then sort of down near his waist at the bottom of the kind of stick 
That's a bit weird. Yeah, but it's, it's kind of cool, actually, because it means you can hold it over the crowd with ease. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah which, was, which was a nice touch. But yeah, I didn't stay for that long, to be honest, because I was getting very kind of bored. Yeah. Um, and then while you were at Friends of Rome, I lay down for a little bit just to chill out because there's no one particular I wanted to see. I probably should have actually t- taken a gander of Alien Weaponry. Yeah, I thought you were going to go see them. Yeah, the, I, I totally forgot about them, unfortunately. Um. But they were, they were, I was actually laying down eating a shot with them, and they they sounded quite heavy for a kind of a very young three-piece. Mm. So that, that was really cool. But um, getting to the crux of the matters. Um, yeah, well, after Friends of Rome, I actually wanted to see Rise Against, but then... Um, we kind of saw them at a distance. Yeah, we sort of saw them at a distance. And the thing about them is I have seen them before when they opened for Foo Fighters um, in 2015, which is actually shirt that i'm wearing but anyway um yeah they played i know like one song of theirs and i thought that they had played it earlier on but then i thought i heard that their song that i knew later on so i was like you kind of get that with some of the sort of punk rocky bands yeah a lot of their songs sound similar and um but yeah we sort of listened to them from a distance and then when it came for alice in chains um we walked past the avalanche stage which was the tent stage and I remember hearing them and I remember thinking, hey, this is a punk rock band. I should be seeing them. And then I looked at like my schedule and I saw that it was Pennywise. I'm like, I wanted to see Pennywise. And they put them on at the same time as Alice in Chains. Well, they actually started 10 minutes before. So if you'd scheduled properly. Yeah, but <laughs> 10 minutes, you know what I mean? Yeah, it's yeah. not oh, enough. No, I'm really kidding. So I ended up, I walked past them. I didn't see Polaris at all. And then, because I was interested in seeing them. Then we got our spot at Alice in Chains. I feel like Alice in Chains, I've been going around telling people that it, it was the best moment of my life, seeing Alice in Chains live. I was so into it. Like, I even got out my phone and was, like, recording, like, parts of songs and stuff. And I know, like, people at, like, rock concerts and metal concerts, like, you shouldn't record, you know. But I wasn't recording, like, the whole songs. I was just recording bits of it. But it was so exciting, like, seeing, like, the band members, Jerry Cantrell and Sean Kinney, and um, Mike Inez and William Duval walk out on stage. It was pretty exciting. And they came out to, like, Bleed the Freak, which is from Facelift. And then they played um, Check My Brain, which is from Black Gives Way to Blue. And then they played, like, one or two other songs from their new albums. But, like, majority of the songs were from their old albums, right? Um and yeah i really liked it when they had like man in the box wood and rooster everyone was like shouting out um the lyrics which was really cool yeah there was a lot of crowd getting into some of the you know even verses but particularly courses choruses yeah i think it might have been dirt and alice in chains songs Dirt is an Alice in Chains album. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Those, and it's those a song two, those as well. Those two albums in particular, I think, was... Uh, oh, okay, yeah. Yeah. Well, even when they came out to Bleed the Freak, mm. like, that's such a good song. And they played... Um, they played a couple of songs I thought was a bit... From Dirt, they played Them Bones and yeah, Rain When I Die. Didn't they play Them Bones and then Rain When I Die? I can't remember. I think they did. They played them two back-to-back. And then... um. They're saying down in a hole and no excuses. They played like so many songs that I love and it was so exciting. And at one point, like Mike Inez, the bass player, like walked out to the um, the right side of the stage or I guess when he's he was sta- facing he's sta- his, his, stage his left. Flare. Yeah, his left. And he was like, you know, sort of playing towards those people. And apparently Dean was 
standing on that side. So he was like right at that view. But did you notice that Jerry, the lead guitarist, and Mike, the bassist, swapped sides of the stage between a whole bunch of songs? Mm. I thought that was interesting. Yeah, the you know some of the more professional bands they they kind of know that. There's something intrinsic about stage movement that kind of makes it a good show. So, yeah, they'll, they'll walk around a bit. Yeah. yeah, but no, it like literally seemed like rehearsed routine, which obviously it would be, that they would be, that they swapped sides of the stage, like between every song or two, mm. which I thought was interesting. And um, remember when it was like the last song and Jerry said, this song is about a chicken and everyone laughed? No, William said this song is about a chicken and Jerry said, no, it's not. Oh, I thought it was Jerry that said this song is about a chicken. I think William was joking this song is about a chicken, but Jerry's like, no, it's not. (laughs) No, I thought it was Jerry that said that. My recollection is William. We have different different ideas of what happened. We'll have have to check the play-by-play. Yeah. Um, But they finished with Rooster. Such a good song. Like, all of their songs, like, since seeing them again, I've gone back and re-listened to, like... MTV Unplugged and like the Dirt album and all of those songs are so good. I love Alice in Chains. So they were like definitely my favorite band of the day. And um, then I saw Sum 41, which um, they're like a pop punk band. And I used to listen to them a lot when I was like 17. So like them, it like would have made my 17 year old self like super happy and but like I didn't really like the crowd that much because I had like people pushing me over and people bumping into me and stuff I mean which happens at gigs but I didn't really enjoy it that much but like the band was all right they had like a Pink Floyd cover and of another brick in the wall and they also had you know how some bands tell them to turn the lights down everyone get your phones out they did that, which was pretty cool. And then, yeah, after that, I didn't. I hanged around till the end, but I didn't really watch any other bands. I just sort of chilled by myself. But then I walked up to the side of the Slayer stage for a bit, but it's just like I didn't really – I didn't know any Slayer songs or I didn't know the other band's songs, so I was just like hanging out by myself. Mm. So you're totally right about Alice in Chains. Like they – like, there's a thing that happens with bands that they kind of lose awareness just because they're celebrities, they're kind of famous, they lose touch with what people want. But, like, they totally nailed it and like, what people want. Like, you know, people want... In general, they've got some decent new songs, but, like, people really connect to those old songs. They're really resonant. Yeah. And they're, not, they're like, hey, people love these new, these old songs. Let's play them. They're all so great. <laughs> they're old albums. Um... Yeah, they're all really good. Yeah, I mean, like, have you heard... Um, I know they didn't, like... Have you listened to MTV Unplugged? No, I've not. Uh, you should listen to it. It's really great. Like, Lane and Jerry's, like, vocals, like, bounce off each other really well. Mm. And especially since that was, like, an acoustic setting. It's really good. Yeah, it was really cool also that they mixed it up a lot. Um, William came out with an acoustic guitar for one of the songs. Yeah, that's true. A um, couple of songs, he uh, put the guitar away and was just doing the... His, his, him singing solo, um, well, not him singing solo, but he was he was just using the microphone and Jerry was just playing guitar for some of the sort of heavier songs that kind mm. of uh, didn't necessarily need an accompaniment. Yeah. yeah, I thought that was that was really cool. I thought that when they sang Down in a Hole and you know how it's like, I want to fly, and he was like opening his arms. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I had a disposable camera and this girl came up to me and she's like, I love your camera. I'm like, yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> but in contrast to that, um, Judas Priest. 
So, like, I've got different feels about this. So, f- first up, they didn't play a lot of songs that I would have wanted them to play. Which, you know, it's hard because they've got a lot of songs. Yeah. But, like, I, I, I haven't gone back and checked which songs, which albums are from. But, like, yeah. They didn't play anything from Sadwing's Destiny, which shatters me. Um, which I'm not sure is because Rob Halford can't quite nail them. But, yeah, they played, like, two songs off their new album, which, like... Really? When you're a classic band like that, fine if you're at a show promoting the album, but this is a festival, guys. Yeah. So, yeah, it just seemed a bit off. Rob Halford, though, like, he, he can't quite hit everything, so especially some of the high notes. He can't, can't quite nail the album sound. But, damn, he still has an amazing set of pipes on him. Yeah, I um, was talking to Dean on Mosh Pit the other night. We are doing a review of Download as well. And he saw Judas Priest and he said that Rob Halford is, like, getting up there at age, but that he's still, like, amazing, incredible to, like, watch and he's, like, a great performer. Oh, yeah, he's a great performer. It's funny, though, he's he's because he's old. Like, he's legit old. He's not just, like, getting up there. He's old. He, yeah. The way he walks around the stage, he's got those old man feels. Oh, really? <laughs> like, he, he walks around like an old guy. That's funny. But it's weird because he's got, like, uh, like tattoos on his head and he's got, like, this sort of vaguely open shirt, yeah. this leather vest. Yeah, that's funny. <laughs> and, like, he had, like, sparkly um, clothes and sometimes. So, like, but, like he, can, he can still put on a hell of a show. Yeah. He can still do a hell of a show, which is really impressive considering just, like... He is one of the most impressive vocalists in heavy metal ever, like ever. I, 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 I th- have we listened to Sad Wings of Destiny together? I don't think we have. We should do that at some stage because it's just an incredible album. Like some of the vocals on it is just mm. absolutely amazing. It's so, yeah. like it's it's kind of set the template, the set the bar for all people who follow him to meet. The only Judas Priest song that I've actually listened to is Breaking the Law. Yeah, which comes from the sort of later period where, like, they're, it's more rocky and he sort of has a more mid-range um, sort of approach to a lot of the songs. Yeah. Like, you can, it still comes through how, like, crisp, how, like, precise he is on those albums. But, like, it doesn't feature the sort of incredible uh, range that he actually possesses. Yeah, so that was, like, it was a really great show. They had incredible performers. But, like, yeah, I just... Um, and like yeah, Rob Halford, fine. Like he, he can't quite meet some of those. He's still incredible to to watch, incredible to listen to. That that's all good by me. That's fine. But like, yeah, it's, I just didn't feel like they've got a, like so many great songs. That I just didn't get a feel like they were playing some of the real songs that you know me and other fans would have liked them to play. Which you know, well, a lot of bands do that. Like you know, I recently saw Red Hot Chili Peppers, and they played. I mean, the thing is interesting about them is that I looked at their set list from different cities and they really mixed it up at every city, yeah. whereas a lot of big bands will play the same set list at every show. But they really, like, mixed it up a whole lot. It's um, One of the cities didn't even get Under the Bridge, you know, their, their <laughs> big song, Under the Bridge. One one city in Australia didn't get that song and I'm just like, well, that sucks yeah. for them. But that's the thing, like, bands are like, oh, we like to mix it up. But, like, guys... People are paying you for. They want to see and hear the. They want to see and hear the songs that they yeah. love. Like it's fair enough. You say like like we need to mix things up. We're not a jukebox. Yeah. But like people, there are songs that fundamentally people will be fu- fucking shattered if you don't play. That's why and you owe them to that as as your fans. Like you really do. Well, when um, I've seen Coldplay, they always play Yellow, and that's from their first album. Yeah, totally, totally. They're like they're like, yep, they're like. 
you know, bands should feel a lot of freedom to do what they do, and fans, I think, should su- try and support them as yeah. much as they can. But like, fundamentally, bands do owe fans certain things. I don't think they owe fans anything. <laughs> <laughs> no, but like, especially when you're paying money. Specifically yeah, I mean, the thing that makes me annoyed when I pay money and a lot of money to see bands is when they don't like thank people for coming. <laughs> No, but I mean, like, you spend a lot of money to go and see them. The least they could do is just thank people for coming. Do well, you know what I mean? They did just play a show for you. No, but, like... I, in, I, don't, I don't really care, to be honest, about any of those things. In terms of, like, um, bands not playing, like, the big songs that people want to hear, Nirvana didn't play Smells Like Teen Spirit at a lot of their shows. Um, when they did MTV Unplugged, they barely played any of their hit songs. They played a lot of their non-hit songs plus covers. And they they had like a hype about having like special guests on the shows and on the show, and everyone thought it was going to be like one of the big grunge artists like Eddie Vedder or something like that. But it was like just this local band that they were friends with. They had as guest stars, Radiohead have done the same thing. They wouldn't yeah, play so, Creep. That's so fucking wanky. Like honestly, <laughs> like, like I I totally get it. Like you as a band don't want to feel stifled, but like. You owe something to your fans, and that's not. Abs- Can you imagine an acoustic version of "Smells Like Teen Spirit"? Though I don't think it would have translated very well. Yeah, clever people can find a, find really interesting ways of expressing things. I still think that modes. their MTV Unplugged worked out well, even though they didn't play those big songs. <laughs> are so we just, are we discussing everyone uh, should go MTV and watch MTV Unplugged. You mentioned two MTV <laughs> Unplugged. They're good. I mean, we're talking about Alice in Chains and their MTV Unplugged is really good. So you should go and listen to that. And then the Nirvana one. Does anyone get the impression Ellen likes scrunch? <laughs> All right, let's move on to Slayer. Let's bring this baby home. Well, this is going to be mainly you talking. It is. <laughs> You're going to see them. Um, so Slayer, like, first up, um, so there's a podcast I listen to called Basogam, um, and one of the guys, they, they went to see Slayer a while back on their farewell tour, and uh, one of the guys specifically made the point, um, Damien Master, he made the point that they opened up with a track from their new album, and that's just like a fucking weird way to do things. And I totally agree. Totally sucked a lot of oxygen out of the room. Not that it didn't immediately come back. But, like, people are hyped to see Slayer, not because of the new album. No really, one really cares that much about the new album. But they're, they're really hyped about, you know, seeing Slayer, seeing their old stuff, like, realistically. Raining know, Blood. Oh, yeah. Well, Raining it's, Blood. like, the only song I know. <laughs> but, yeah, so that totally sucked it. But Seasons of the Abyss or something. You're, you're naming albums, but that's oh, fine. Oh, okay, never mind. <laughs> but Raining Blood is a song. Yeah, yeah. okay. Um, but, yeah, totally, yeah, amazing show, really awesome. Um, the... I don't usually talk about this, but the lights I thought were really effective because they gave it kind of an otherworldly perspective because it sort of just bathed them in different colours, like blue, green, red. Uh, I think that really suited it. Fire was used particularly well to emphasise songs like Hell Waits. That was a really nice touch. Um, yeah, really, really amazing show. Um, I don't know if I can really say much apart from that. Like they, they play basically all the songs that you want them to play. So there can't be any complaints about that. Absolutely great performance. Um, Tom Araya still, like he, I don't think he can't hit those high notes like he can on uh, uh, like Angel of Death, but like he still is an amazing vocal performance. Like I know it's not like a particularly uh, rarefied vocal style, but he still he still delivers incredibly well. Um, yeah. Uh, 
I know what else I can say about that, but it's interesting because it's their farewell tour, and so they're sort of saying goodbye. And Tom Araya sort of stood on stage for like 10 minutes. And sort yeah, of yeah, I stage. noticed that. Because I was sitting out at the front of the merch desk, like by myself, waiting for you to um, come back. And then all of a sudden, like the music stopped and some people started walking, but there wasn't really that many people. Yeah. So I was like, what's going on? Yeah, it was kind of a really touching moment because he's sort of bathing in this thing, which he won't have soon. And yeah, he, he sort of walked around the stage, was looked at everyone, people were clapping him, you know. And then he, then he said, you know, thank you, I'm going to miss you. No, it's really touching. Yeah, I heard from Dane. He said that it was like a sad moment as well. Yeah, it was genuinely sad because you know uh, they could feel like bands have gone on much longer than they're going. You know, they're not the oldest band in the world. Mm-hmm. Um, but I assume that Tom or I, you know, he's had some health difficulties. Um, so maybe he's decided. To, I'm not. I'm not sure if there's any sp- specific reason why they've decided to pull the plug. But yeah, um, they've had um, you know the drummers not there that sort of switched out the dramas and they've had issues with them um uh Hanneman died a few years ago so I, I don't know specifically what it is but like yeah i think you know even if it's something you like have clearly in your mind that you need to quit you need to stop doing it it's, it's something that you're definitely gonna miss it's, it's yeah a, a touching moment well definitely especially if they've been doing it for a really long time as well and they're like at the height of their power basically i mean they're not releasing i think christ illusion was probably their last Decent album, which was released, you know, probably over a decade ago, maybe. Um, but yeah, they're still at the high of their power. They're Slayer, still an incredibly important band. Um, actually, one thing I would like to emphasize, like, there's something in Slayer that brings out the, like, stupid, dumb people kind of energy in, in folks. <laughs> like, really? Yeah, something about Slayer. It just it gets, like, a genuine, dumb sort of reaction from people. Like, yeah. Sort of primal, stupid thing. But yeah, that's something I noticed. Mm. I I also wanted to, this is like, I know we're talking about the end, but like mm. in terms of the beginning though, like do you find when, this is what I find like when I cash a train out to like these events and stuff, you know how there's like a designated like platform and train? Yeah. I feel like the excitement and stuff, I know this sounds really random, but like I just wanted to say, mm. it sounds like it's like really exciting when like you get to like the station and you see all the other people in like the metal shirts and stuff. And then when I pull into like Racecourse, Fleming Racecourse Station, and you see like the festival grounds and everyone that's already there. And then you hear the music when you get off the train. When I was like waiting to get in, I think it was either Luca Brasi or I Prevail that was performing at that time. And I like saw the video, not the video, like the screen that they were, you know, showing it on, like the big screen that they had. And I, I don't know, it just like builds that excitement for the day. But can I do like my rating of like bands from like favorite to least favorite? Absolutely. So my favorite was Alice in Chains. <gasps> Shock. <laughs> Obviously. And then my second favorite was Fever 333. Um, then Friends Will Rom, then Some 41, and then Converge. So I only saw five bands. And yeah, Alice in Chains was definitely number one. And then, yeah, Fever 333 were pretty great as well. I really liked that. It was funny during Fever 333. They, um, you know, the whole Gladys... They're going in Sydney with the music festivals. They said on stage, because they just came from Sydney, they said, oh, I heard your government wants to stop things like this. And then Dean standing next to me is like, that's Sydney. (laughs) You're in the wrong place. (laughs) Like, it's fine here. And he was like shouting this out. It was pretty funny. But like, they were saying like, 
like oh your government wants to stop things like this and everyone's like woo like in terms of like support of the band saying that it was wrong mm. so that that was interesting but um and then friends of rom had a song that they said was about doing the night shift at coles which everyone laughed about which is quite funny so yeah i i actually really enjoyed it i thought it was really great i love going to like festivals and stuff that are at like flemington Racecourse. it's always a fun time mm, just one sort of note on but i think it's kind of the it was a bit of a weird choice um, for the finishing bands, Slayer, Ghost, Hailstorm, not all the same kind of bands, very different in a lot of ways, but they're all kind of in that medley, Hailstorm, not as much, but they're all sort of in that medley category. Yeah, they... they a, it seemed weird to put like all those bands up against each other. They did the same thing with Pennywise and Alice in Chains and Polaris. I mean... No, but they're all, they're all kind of different bands. Alice yeah, Cage, but Grunge, well, let's Pennywise, say someone who's punk, into punk music. Polaris. No, let's say someone hardcore. someone who's into punk music, and they they're gonna want to see Friends of Rome, Rise Against, Pennywise, Alice in Chains, Sum Forty One. That would be my punk if I was gonna see all of the they, punk they, bands. Don't Punks don't necessarily like Alice in Chains. Yeah, but they're not a punk band. It's related to punk. Yeah, so is metal. <laughs> Well, I, I I thought I was disappointed anyway that they put Polaris, Pennywise, and Alice in Chains on the same time. <laughs> no, I was I uh, yeah, legitimately I was because I wanted to see Pennywise as well as Alice in Chains, but yeah, it just, it couldn't just seemed, do it. It just seems like they could have had like I know obviously there's probably a lot going on behind the scenes. You got to rank people certain. They ways. did have Ozzy Osbourne drop out, and they would have had to re. Was Ozzy Osbourne going to be the headliner? He was the headliner. Honestly, that would that would that would have been a mistake. No, he headlined Download in the UK. No, oh, no, no, it wasn't like, that long ago. But I think Slayer, like Slayer, was like the perfect finisher. They have Ozzy Osbourne do it, finish off instead of Slayer. I think no, that, I feel like if I it was if it was Ozzy Osbourne, I would have gone and watched him. Yeah, I know. Whereas you, I didn't I, watch I, Slayer. I know you would have. I know you personally would have. Yeah, I'm talking general. Well, I would have gone and seen Ozzy Osbourne. And I would have actually watched it, whereas I was finished after 810. Mm. I didn't watch any of the last three bands. Yeah. Yeah, so, yeah, I don't know. I feel like, you know, obviously there's a lot of festival stuff that goes on. It's difficult. But I just feel like they could have arranged it a little better. Well, you know, it's hard to please everyone. Like, you can't uh, yeah, please I, I, everyone. I know, I know, I know. But, like, I feel like arranging the th- three bands at the end. Yeah, well, like they I said, had, they, they arranged those other three they bands. They should have had a punk band at the end as well. So, kind of like, well, hey, here's your different stuff. They did that at Download last year. They had Corn and No Effects on at the same time. But that was a problem. It was problematic for me yeah, because I wanted to see both bands. Because I wanted to see no no effects for a really long time. Because I've been a fan of them for a long time, but I also wanted to see Corn because I've been a fan of Corn for like a couple of years and stuff. So putting them on it was very conflicting on who I could watch. So in the end, I didn't really enjoy either of them because I was just darting back and forth. I don't know, it just kind of strikes me. This is still not as big as Soundwave. So I never went to Soundwave. So Soundwave had at least. I think it was three or four different areas, whereas this basically has two. What do you mean? So it's got the avalanche, dog tooth. There's five stages. It's ascension stage. It's kind of a just a, a random stage they've added. Yeah, it's. I no, but like to so the black. What are you black saying? And like red it doesn't one, matter. Black and red are basically one grouping. Avalanche, dog tooth, one grouping, right? Yeah. Yeah. 
Whereas downloads, I mean, the, no, the I mean, area, like the, the punk area, the hardcore area, the Dogtooth and Avalanche weren't paired together, really. Well, the, 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 I don't know you can because you can, you can easily them. walk from the black and red stage to Avalanche. Yeah, I, I know, but the, what I'm just saying is, like, if you <laughs> wanted to pair something up and have like, hey, here's the place for metal, like they did, um, they had they would have Gojira, yeah, and then um, uh, what was it, Gojira. Then Mastodon and uh, Meshuggah. Like, it was just this one area where you're like, all right, there's two, all these different bands. Whereas they, they have uh, Ruins, and then uh, the next band is War on Women, which is like a totally different kind of band. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It yeah. seemed like kind of all over the place. Well, you know, they, they had good things at um, Fleming to Race Course as well. And they also paired, like, I don't know if they were black and red colored, but they had those two stages like yeah. that. And then they had like the... Uh, Dogtooth and the other one. They had another stage. It was similar, they, but they only had four stages. But they also had a similar setup. So that's sort of how you have to set it up at Flemington. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, uh, any final comments before we finish it up? Um, no, I just really enjoyed it. And do you plan on going back next year? I think I'll be going back next year. Honestly, probably not. Unless they have... This is the only reason I went to see Judas Priest and Slayer because I might never see them again. Lame. Well, I'll probably be going back next year. <laughs> it's, like, it's a lot of money. It is a for, lot of money. For what? Uh, three bands, four bands I really wanted to see and two bands, you know, I saw because they were there. It's yeah, a lot but of money it, for that. I mean, it's a, it's a lot of money. But the thing about like, I just love going to festivals. I think that it's just really fun to hang out at a festival. Oh, well, festivals they kind of suck. The only thing I don't like about them is just like the food lines are too long and the toilets are disgusting. The merchandise, the fucking merchandise is ridiculous. I didn't like, buy any merch. It was too expensive. I, I was waiting for it half an hour, like, and it wasn't the long lines. There was about five people in front of me. And I was waiting for half an hour. Are you serious? Yeah. Like, uh, what Usually they, you wait in the merch line and that's why. Because the merch line's really long. What they need to do for merchandise, seriously, this will fix it or at least kind of ease up the tensions. They need... Uh, you, so you know how everyone just lines up wherever? Well, they sort of have like disorganized lines. Yeah, They're so sort they, of lines. So they need cordoned off lines. Yeah. So then people sort of filter into those lines and one person serving them so they know what's going on. He's like, I'll stand there. I'm like, what the fuck's going on? Am mm. I going to be surged or am I just waiting here for no particular reason? So I was waiting there for like 10 minutes because and there was like one or two people in front of me. Yeah. And that's, that's, that's frustrating. And I, I get it takes a long time. That's fine. I, I'm happy to wait. But like we need cordoned off lines. <laughs> so it's like, hey, you're in this line. You are being served by someone. Or so someone's serving yeah. the person, the people in front of you. And you filter through this line um, and you'll get there eventually. Like that would be so much better as opposed to like, am I in a line? These people serving me? Or are they serving yeah. like the two people beside me? It's yeah, it's just it's just too hectic. You should have gone there when it was early because you rocked up what when the gates opened. You should have gone straight to the merch then. No, there was way more people at the merch when I rocked up. Oh, really? So when I, I when I went there, I'm like, oh, there's barely any people in the merch line. No, there's still lots. But like, there's like a, a, a row of like five people, which isn't much for the merch line no. to download. And so I'm like, oh, it's cool. It's fine. I'm all, I'm all good, and but like took forever. That's crazy. <laughs> yeah, it's really frustrating. I've stood in merch lines for like half an hour before, but that's because the line was really long. Yeah, like there's like five or six really long lines, and you just have to stand at the back of one of yeah, them. Yeah, as I said, happy to wait, but 
it's it's a frustrating experience when you're not clear there's this this whole um sort of systems analysis of line uh, queues they call them queues and like how to best handle a queue do you split them up into multiple do you have them all filter along in one big line and they're served by multiple someone take a ticket and then get yeah exactly all <laughs> those that, different that, that's what they have at the um they had at free fighters the last time i saw them at their cloakroom but it was it was crazy yeah so there's lots of different ways to handle it but i think the main thing is you need people with the idea that they're going to be served and there's a clear way that they're going to be served. No ambiguity. Otherwise, that's really frustrating. I'll tell you what always happens to me. I usually try and stand in the line that I think is going to be the quickest and it ends up being the longest. Yeah, yeah. It happens to me all, all the time. And then, like, the longer line ends up going through quicker than the one I was in. And Yeah. So, uh, yeah. Also, being at a festival, I feel old because I'm, like, uh, I'm tired. <laughs> my feet are back are sore. That's why you like lay on the ground. Yeah, that's what you did. I, I was <laughs> laying on the ground during Judas Priest. I was laying on the ground during Slayer. <laughs> I was watching them on the screen from the other side. Oh, really? Actually, I that, sort of did that during Slayer a bit. That brings me, I think, possibly to our last point. Yeah. Um, I I think the way that the so the Dogtooth stage, cool. They go long. They got a the stage and a long section of um place. Um, the Avalanche stage possibly not as good because it, it was it, when you went there was it crowded? It looks like there's not as, as m- enough room for everyone. No, I think no, there's enough room. It was alright. Yeah, yeah. Right. Well, the, the thing is, you're not having as big a bands there, so it's not. It's any, the red and the black stage, I have massive issues with the way they handle them. I, it might be just because they're, they're, it's the way they need to do it because like, there's buildings there or something, but like it should be more space at the back. So you can have, like, an area where, like, you can lie down and still see the screen or something. Well, I mean, like, there's a lot of people who, you know, they stand a really long way back. So even though they're standing back, there's all these gaps and stuff in between. Yeah, that's fine. But, like, they need, like, more area for people to sort of go back. It feels like... Maybe they should have a seating area. Oh, well, seating area, totally. But, like, <laughs> I, I don't think that's going to happen. But, like, they need, like, uh, they need, like, space for people... Because it feels like it sort of crashes into the... Um, the the bar, I'm like, is the bar there or do they put the bar there because they want to yeah, make money? Yeah, I don't know. So if if they put the bar there, are you talking about those like things that were in the middle there at the back, like the merch and the bar and all of that? Yeah, yeah, if, the if, ATMs. Yeah, if they don't have to put that there, they need to move it. That is incredibly frustrating because it feels like um, you want like, it needs to be more space so people can kind of have. That's the whole point of a festival, like. It's kind of more chill environment, and you can't have a chill environment if there's nowhere to kind of like lay down or sit down. You could. It was be... there was next to the bar. I was no, sitting there for ages. No, but like, there's enough room to like do no, that I and was still seeing... have a look. I mean, you couldn't see the band really, exactly. but you could see the screen if people yeah. didn't stand well, in front of you. The screen was in, in, in hidden by some of the, the tents, and so if they if they can move them, they should move them because that's incredible. I think that disrupts the festival yeah sort of environment like that maybe kind of you chill. should write them a letter and say yeah. this is how you can do it better yeah, listen. but if, <laughs> if, if, if it's because if it's, if it's because the um uh it's because like they have to be there that's fine my criticism's no good but yeah so i don't know so yeah any last thoughts i think i've said all mine <laughs> yeah yeah i think that i've said everything as well Alright, cool. Ellen, thanks so much for chatting to me. Thanks for having me again. Bye.